What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Kent, a.k.a. Kent Tweederson, here to chat with you about a very, very exciting Week 7 that just completed on Saturday. Five Big Ten matchups, Big Ten on Big Ten schools, facing off this past weekend, and what an exciting weekend it was for the Big Ten. Lots of movement. Lots of teams that are kind of solidifying their spot in the standings and maybe even the rankings nationally. Um, but let's get started. Let's jump right into these games. The the 12 o'clock games. Uh, the first game that I want to talk about is Illinois. The cream of the crop in the West right now. If you're looking at the standings, you have to say Illinois probably has the best shot at making it to Indianapolis. Now, I say that. And then you look at their schedule. They actually have a tougher schedule than Purdue coming down the stretch. So they're going to have to win some really tough games. But I think that they can. I think that they can do that. They're at home this past weekend, and they're playing Minnesota, who is coming off of a bye. Uh, Tanner Morgan for Minnesota goes out in the fourth quarter with a head injury. He does not return. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, they put out a tweet today that said, that he's feeling better. I'd like to see him come back because he's really the heart of their team. He's been there for a long time. He's a veteran leader. So I'd like to see Tanner Morgan come back and see what Minnesota can do coming down the stretch. But the story here is the Illinois defense. They step up again. They're ranked nationally defensively. I think that they were only allowing like nine points a game coming into this uh, Minnesota matchup. And uh, they only give up 14 to Minnesota. And they win the game 26 to 14. Chase Brown having an amazing, amazing year. He rushed 41 times, had 180 yards, didn't get in the end zone on the ground, but he also caught three passes for 53 yards. So he had over 200 all purpose yards, and he did have a receiving touchdown. Um, big win for Illinois. I thought that Minnesota would come in here after that bye week and do better. I just thought that they would do better. And I didn't know if Illinois was for real. They are now. They are for real, guys. So you, if you're playing Illinois going forward, you're a fan of another team, you have to take them seriously. This is not the old Illinois. Brett, Brett Bielema has these guys playing hard. He's got them playing tough nose on defense. And the offense is exciting to watch. When you got a guy like Chase Brown, it's really exciting to watch. And uh, Tommy DeVito, he has a good game. Really high completion uh, percentage. He has 252 yards. And then, of course, that one touchdown uh, that he threw to Chase Brown. Great game for the Illinois. The Illinois defense just kept getting stops. And at the end of the game, when you thought that Minnesota might mount a little bit of a comeback, I believe, I was watching two games at once, but I believe they had two fourth quarter interceptions to seal this game. So really good job by them. I've been on Illinois. I love Illinois this year. I've been liking them since week two. Um, so I'm I'm happy that they won. I'm excited to see what they're going to do going forward. But like I said, they have a tough, tough schedule. Also at noon, you had the premier matchup of what people thought was going to be the best game of the weekend. Uh, number five, Michigan playing number 10, Penn State. It's at Michigan. Michigan gets the home game here. So that's an advantage for them. Michigan has done a great job in the second half of games. They've been making really good halftime adjustments. When you're watching this game, really, they they really had control of the game the whole time. 
But at halftime, it's only 16 to 14. Michigan holds a two-point lead. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, Penn State actually took the lead early in the third quarter. And that was the last time that they scored when they kicked that field goal and they were up 17 to 16. And then Michigan just pours it on in the second half after that. The story of this game is the Michigan backfield. You have Blake Corum. You have uh, Donovan Edwards, who really the last time you saw him was that long touchdown pass in the Big Ten Championship game last year versus Iowa. But he comes out, he has 16 carries for 173. Blake Corum has 166 yards. As a team, Michigan rushes for over 400 yards. 418 yards against Penn State, who we thought would do a little bit better job against against the run, and they just didn't. Uh, Michigan gets four touchdowns on the ground, long touchdowns, long touchdown. Donovan Edwards was 67 yards. Blake Corum had a 61-yard touchdown, just absolutely annihilating the Penn State defense. Michigan is elite. Their offensive line is pushing people around, and the defense just did its job. They gave up a long play in the first half to Clifford on a really, really well-designed play um, where he faked the handoff and nobody, even the cameraman, was fooled on this. Uh, Clifford goes down and gets towards the goal line and then they punch it in. But after that, uh, they kind of stiffen up and then the Michigan defense, like I said, they just kind of did their job. They only allowed one more touchdown the rest of the game and uh, they get the 41-17 to win, a really convincing win, a good win for Michigan where a lot of people thought, this was going to be a closer game, and it wasn't. Michigan just go ahead and they did. They just went ahead and blew them out, and uh, did their job. So good win for Michigan. Uh, the three thirty games we had. I'll talk about the one that I actually watched: Michigan State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin, like if you remember me last week, I said that I thought they were revitalized after Jim Leonard took over. I thought they were going to be different offensively, and they were not. They did not come in and try to throw the ball over Michigan State. Michigan State gets another pick. Their defense is playing better now. They're back at home, and they pick up a huge 34-28 to 28 win. When I say huge, this is huge because I think that Mel Tucker, Michigan State head coach, loses the locker room if he loses this game. You can't go 0-4 in the Big Ten and still try to be competitive the rest of the year. I think that if they lost that game, they were done for the year and they probably wouldn't have picked up another win. Honestly, they would have, they would just would have been in shambles. So a good win for them against a decent Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the most middle of the ground team in the big 10. I feel like this year they're, they're one and three in the conference, but they've been in games. Uh, they blew out whoever it was, Indiana two weeks ago. Um, but good win for Michigan state. They almost blew it. If you were watching, this was an exciting finish. I didn't think the game itself was exciting, but the ending was super exciting. Uh, Michigan State gets a stop, and then they come down, and they don't I don't know why they didn't have any timeouts, but they didn't have any timeouts, so they had to rush their field goal kicker on to try to get a game-winning field goal when the game was tied, and it was tied at 28. And they tried to get the – I'm sorry, no, it was tied at 21. Tried to get the field goal off. They bobbled the snap, and then they – tried to throw it and Wisconsin picked it off. And then we went to overtime. Both teams scored in the first overtime quickly, really quick. So it was super exciting towards the end of this game to watch this. And then the first play in the second overtime, Wisconsin's Braylon Allen fumbles, Michigan State recovers. So all they had to do was kick a field goal. They said, nah, 
We're going to go ahead and score a touchdown. Third and 12, where I thought, I actually texted uh, one of my Michigan State buddies. I said, they should just take a knee right here and try to kick the game winner. Nope. Peyton Thorne drops back. He throws up a bomb, and I can't remember who caught it. I think it was Jalen Reed catches the game-winning touchdown. Um, when I was watching this game, I thought the player of the game was Keon Coleman, who also plays basketball. I feel like every time you bring that up, you have to mention that. Um, but he had... He didn't. He wasn't leading the team in receptions or yards, but he had two big touchdowns. And it seemed like every time Michigan State needed a big play, Coleman was there. He had a great game, really good game for Coleman. And uh, Graham Mertz, not a good game. I learned. I learned that a lot of people don't like him in the Big Ten with a tweet that I put out last week. Um, he kind of lived up to what everybody was thinking on Twitter. Uh, didn't have a great game. He got picked off once. He threw two touchdown passes. Michigan State just hung around in this game. They've been talking about how they want to chop wood and they just want to stick around and they just want to keep fighting. That's exactly what they did in this game. So good win for them. They're on a bye. They're playing Michigan, who's also on a bye in two weeks. And uh, they'll, have, they'll each have a lot of time to prepare for that rivalry game. So that's going to be exciting coming up in two weeks. The other game that was on at 3.30, I'm not even going to start lying to you guys. I'll never do that. I didn't watch this game at all because I was watching Michigan State and Wisconsin, and on my other TV, I was watching, sorry to say this, Big Ten fans, I was watching Tennessee and Alabama, and I don't regret it at all because that game was crazy. It was one of the best college football games I've ever seen. I'm not going to talk about that game. I will talk about Maryland and Indiana. Indiana they keep staying in close games, um, but Maryland picks up the win on the road. Uh, let's see, who, who played well in this game? Because like I said, I didn't watch this at all. I didn't watch this game at all. What'd they do here? Let's see. They had 172 passing yard, or rushing yards. They threw the ball around. That's what they did. 270 receiving yards. They had two receiving touchdowns. I don't know what happened in this game, guys. I said last week that I wasn't really interested in this game, and I, I, I was so uninterested that I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. If you're an Indiana or Maryland fan, I apologize. I will be watching both of your next games. I've watched all your other games. I apologize. But um, really just a game that didn't matter. You know, a game that Maryland's fighting in the East, but they're not going to get ahead of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So they're going to finish fourth or fifth in the Big Ten East. Indiana, same thing. They're one and three in the conference now. They don't really have a lot to play for other than they're kind of playing spoiler right now and they're getting ready for basketball season. That's basically what they're doing at this point. They're playing tough, but it's just not good enough. They had that good showing against Michigan last week in the first half. They have another good showing against Maryland, um, but uh, Maryland go, goes ahead and gets the victory there like we kind of kind of expected there. And then lastly, this weekend, we had what I thought was the most entertaining game in the Big Ten. The nightcap was Nebraska and Purdue. Nebraska is playing way better, way better than they started the season. They played awesome this game. The scoring in this game, I could, I was trying, so this was the only game that I actually on Twitter was like doing live updates. And I couldn't keep up because by the time that I tweeted out that someone scored and the score update, the other team was scoring again. Um, Aiden O'Connell, who again I learned last week on Twitter, people love this guy. Purdue fans are Purdue fans are crazy on Twitter, man. Not crazy in a bad way. They are they are loyal fans. They love Aiden O'Connell, and he went off this game. 
He had almost 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. He was throwing it all over Nebraska. Nebraska was trying to keep up. Casey Thompson, who I love, he had 350 yards passing and two touchdowns, but he had some timely interceptions was the problem. And Purdue's defense got stops when they needed to. They didn't get a ton of them, but they got stops when they needed to. This game was exciting. Purdue gets a big pick at the end of the game to seal it. Um, my guy, Charlie Jones, oh my gosh, who I'm learning they call Chuck Sizzle. I've learned so much about this guy in the last five weeks. 12 receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. He was unguardable. He was unguardable in this, in this game. Nebraska's defense had no answer for this guy. Um, really good game for Charlie Jones. He's the best wide receiver in our conference right now, guys. He just is. It might be because, and I know Ohio State's got some good receivers. I understand that. But he's the, he is the guy at Purdue, and he's the one that if you're planning to play Purdue and you're scheming against them, you have to stop him, and no one has stopped him yet. He's having a fantastic year. Good game for them. Great job for the Boilermakers who are staying alive. Not even staying alive. They are in contention to win that side of the conference now. It's really at this point, if the season was ending in just a couple weeks, which I know we still got six more games for most teams, if the season was ending today or in a couple weeks, though, it would be Purdue or Illinois. Those are the two that are going to win the West, one of the two, as of right now, if you're looking at it. Minnesota showed that they're not ready. Um, Nebraska, you've lost too many games now. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be Purdue or Illinois. I like Illinois a little bit. I just like their team better for some reason. I like watching them play better. But Purdue, probably, if you're really looking at the schedules and you go break it down, Purdue probably has the better shot to win that side of the conference. So we'll see what happens going forward with that. Really fun weekend of games. Uh, another five games coming up next weekend. We'll get to that later on this week. Let's talk about my bets real quick. Did terrible again. I had Michigan Penn State under 51 and a half. That went over. I thought Minnesota was going to beat Illinois by a touchdown. They didn't. They lost. Um, the game I didn't watch, Maryland and Indiana went over 61. That was, a, that was a lot of scoring in that game. I also thought Wisconsin was going to beat MSU. I thought they were back, but they're not. MSU was back. Apparently, Tuck is coming. Took a little, took a little while, but he, he came. Tuck finally came. And then, uh, so I got that one wrong. And then I had uh, Nebraska plus 13 and a half against Purdue. When there's so many points like that, it's almost hard not to take the points this late in the season because everybody's playing pretty well now. And we're starting to see some balance in the conference, especially in the West. If I see that many points in the West, I take the points. Um, and I was right on that one. But I was 2-3 and three on the weekend, which brings me to 18-24 and 24 on the year. Not great. Not terrible. Just below 500. I'm going to claw my way back eventually. Maybe. Probably not, though. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a couple shout-outs to finish up the pod. I had two Purdue fans that were really heavy on the notifications this week when i was looking at the account boiler dad rodney he was super awesome and he was interacting and giving some good feedback on the uh purdue game i also had what was her name carrie underscore three elizabeth which i think is a backwards e for elizabeth very creative there carrie um thank you for following she was interacting during the purdue game as well um giving some good feedback and i, I really appreciate uh, those two helping me out on Twitter and makes me feel like I'm not just sending tweets out into the ether and no one's seeing them. 
So I appreciate you guys liking, retweeting. Oh, and Carrie gave me a shout out on Saturday too. I forgot about that uh, and told her followers to go listen to the pod. So thank you so much to Carrie for that. And then the last one was uh, Peyton Bealhart one um, Thanks to Peyton, he was uh, helpful because I didn't see the injury in the Minnesota game, and I asked uh, people to tell me what happened. He gave me a really de- detailed, descriptive, um, what am I trying to say here, a breakdown of what happened to Tanner Morgan. So thanks to Peyton for that. Appreciate you following. Please appreciate you guys interacting. Uh, again, I'm on Twitter at casual big 10. I'm trying to put out as much content as possible, including this podcast. Uh, appreciate everybody that's been listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following along. Hope your team did well this weekend. I hope you guys won. Hope you're excited about the rest of the season. We're halfway through now. Everybody's played six or seven games. So we're pretty much exactly halfway through the season. Excited to see how everything shakes out. Excited to see the matchups next week and in the upcoming weeks to come. Um, With that, I will see you guys on Thursday this week to talk about this weekend's games. Thanks for listening. See y'all later.